Welcome to the Sunday Morning Meeting Podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by David Thomas. You doing alright? That was a powerful time of worship. You know, your words have power. Your words have power. Let's, let's just quickly turn to Proverbs 19. This isn't part of the message, but I think God always enjoys that. Proverbs 19 says this. Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18. I was nearly there. And it says, it says, from the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach will be satisfied. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. So we've just spoken out some amazing things. So we're going to be satisfied with what we see. Do you agree? It goes on to say, death and life is in the power of the tongue. And those that love it will eat its fruit. So, basically, if you're speaking negatively, you're going to enjoy that, right? <laughs> With our mouth, you know, do you think your mouth can determine your day? Wow, that's a, that's a big thing. Your mouth, you know, I've recently, I, I tend to wake up with, with a, in a bit of a cloud at times. Now, I have to remind myself, and it changes my aspect, today matters. Quite often we think, oh, a moment's going to come where everything changes. But, you know, today matters. Every day matters. Every day matters. And, um, and so today, uh, fittingly, I want to talk about what satisfies us. What truly, ma- what truly motivates um, what truly motivates me? What is the thing that I'm led by? What, what drives me each and every day? And I believe everyone has a desire to be seen. I believe everyone has a desire to be seen. Not in the sense of if I point, start pointing people out uh, and, and, and picking on you. Not in that way. But everyone has a desire to be connected. No matter how introverted you are, no matter how extroverted you are, you have a desire to be connected. Well, that's what I believe anyway. And you see, for me, one of the ways that I receive love, one of the ways that I receive connection is through words of affirmation. So if you tell me I'm doing a good job, you'll soon become my best friend. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. If you tell me, um, if you give me praise that is kind of, um, you've thought about it and you've said, God, David, you're good at that. You've, you've really improved. You've changed. Um, yeah, we'll soon become friends. And, and so, but that led me, that has led me recently and challenged me as to whose affirmation I live for. In this time that we're living in, whose affirmation do we live for? And what really challenged me and what really started this process was the first song we sang of the year, Be Thou My Vision. Does anyone remember it? And there was that line, there was that line, nothing else satisfies only you, Lord. Nothing else satisfies. Only you, Lord. I thought about it. <laughs> I thought about it. Um, and it's important to think about the words that you're singing. And what I, try to, what I tend to do is, if I can't sing those words because I don't believe it, I let it run through my head, and then I sing it next time. Why? Because God believes in me, and he believes in you. And because of what Jesus has done, he's put me in a place that has made me worthy before him. So as I sing, I'm then stepping into it. So as I sing, then I'm stepping into it and I can worship him. I can come as I am and worship him. So 
It's great. It's great. Right, so yeah, so what motivates me? What motivates me? Um, I, quickly came to, I quickly came to the conclusion that that is not the case for me. Nothing else satisfies. At times, and most of the time, that is not the case for me. I allow other things to quench my thirst. Fulfill my needs. And you see, when you're full, you don't want to eat anymore. So I've watched telly, or I've had a really good big meal, or social media, or I'm scrolling through, or even sleep. Even sleep. Too much of it can satisfy my soul. So then I think, oh, I've got to come to pray. God, you're good. Oh, yeah, you're good this morning. And it's like, there's no, uh, my attitude, my posture towards, towards it, because I'm already full, I've got no hunger for God. And it's, it was, it's so challenging because it challenged me to think, well, what do I let in? What should feed me? Because fun should feed me. I should have fun. I should have a good time. But there are things that actually feed us and we don't need them. We don't need them in our lives. I'm not saying TV in and of itself. The Lord really challenged me. He was like, TV doesn't refresh you. There's nothing wrong with watching it, but TV doesn't refresh you. And I want you to be refreshed, ready for action. And that, I'm not imposing that on anybody else. It may speak to you, but that, I'm not. some people find that very relaxing. I find, particularly documentaries, David Attenborough's voice, very soothing and great to listen to. So then it leads me to the question, is, is my perspective set on merely earthly things instead of my Father in heaven? And um, there's a great story, uh, an encounter Jesus has in the Bible. And it is in Mark 10. Mark 10, verse 17. Um, it's about a rich guy. And I'm going to read the story and then we'll uh, un- unpack it a little bit. You can turn there if you like. It says, As Jesus started, a man, ra- a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. I'd have turned around and said, "Well, that's awkward. You're God." <laughs> no, we're not. We're not going to pay. Anyway, I'm not going to go. I'm not. <sighs> With all this amazing revelation, I have doing a theology degree. I've worked out that Jesus was God. Hallelujah! <laughs> God, I tell you, it's deep. You know, you, you know, you know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honour your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all of these things I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. That's amazing. You can think about that for a moment. Jesus looked at him and loved him. We're going to come back to that. How can you love someone with a look? One thing you lack, he said... Go, sell everything you have and give to the poor. You can imagine the smile on Jesus' face. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? 
The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said again, children. So he's also just been with children. He's just been laying hands on children. So the children must be there. Well, yeah. Children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible. But with God, all things, but, but not with God, all things are possible with God. Then Peter spoke up, he had the guts. We have left everything to follow you. Mother or, mother or father, oh, sorry, sorry. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times a hundred times as much as much in this present age that's an interesting one homes brothers sisters mothers children children fields along with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life but many who are first will be last and the last will be first hallelujah hallelujah this man had a tick list i've obeyed it all god he kind of came to god and in some ways he assumed that jesus was going to say this i was like oh great i'm in i'm sorted and then jesus looked at him I want to make it clear I'm not specifically addressing wealth today and the, 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 uh, neg- you know, the, the way that Jesus addresses wealth there. I'm not addressing it. But what, what I am saying is one thing you lack. So often in life we can um, have a tick list. Well, I've done that today. It's called measured service. I struggle with it. I've worked in the hub on a Tuesday. Get home, the washing up needs to be done. Liz has done a 10-hour day. Oh, I've chilled out. I've, I've worked for the Lord today. Yeah, the angels will come. And, uh, and sort it out. But so often our lives can be measured. This guy measured his life against the, against the um, law. And, and quite often we measure ourselves up against people, against uh, an idea that we've had in our head. And we think, if we do that today, well, I'm sorted. But you see, Jesus raises us to a new standard. He raises us to a new standard. Why? Because he believes in you. He believes in you. And and he's like, well, actually, what does... He looks at this guy. And knowing Jesus, the father had probably already told him that he was going to have this encounter. And Jesus looked at him, maybe, and said... Well, not maybe, and said, one thing you lack... And that was the thing that touched our hearts. And the, and the question I've got for you, I suppose today, what is that one thing you lack? Not to point the finger, because there's many things I lack. But what is that one thing that holds you from the presence? From being with him, from enjoying him in the morning or in the evening? From encountering him? What is that thing that stops you from... Um, um, committing uh, a portion of your finance or a portion of your time? What is that thing that stops you from talking to a new individual or someone that's come? What is that thing that holds you back? Fear is a liar. Fear can be those things that hold us back. 
anxiety, pride, fear, whatever it is. In this case, this guy was so, thought, he, thought he'd sorted it out because he had wealth. And he'd done it all. And he thought, well, yeah, I'm getting in. And the reason, why, and interestingly, the reason why the disciples were so amazed at what Jesus was saying was because if you were wealthy, they, they were of the mindset that if you were wealthy, well, you've obtained favour from God. Therefore, oh, they, wow, why are you saying this, Jesus? You're raising me. This is, this, is, this is mad. What are you on about? I love how Peter's all, most of the time has got the guts to speak for the rest of them. Um, yeah. These are the things that I struggle with, or the things that the one thing I lack, I've got three in one. So again, it's biblical. So I'm sorted again. Right, so measured service. I've done that today, so I don't need to do anything else. Restricted generosity. I've given in a certain area and done my bit. If everyone had done their bit, there'd be an awful lot falling apart. That's my challenge. That's really, that's, I know, I'm, I, as much as I'm up here today, I'm sitting next to Shona and hearing myself. Please, please, I'm with you. I'm part of this family. If everyone just done their bit, we, we'd fall apart. I see another area of need, but don't allow the resource to follow, although I have it. That's not just money. That's time. That could be, that could be time. It could be making a meal for someone. It could be a cup of coffee. Just being there for someone. You know, so often, and as a man, I like to fix things. So if my wife comes to me with a problem, not DIY, I'm dreadful at DIY. I know the difference between a Phillips screwdriver and a flathead, and that is it. You know, I just top the water up in the car and put the oil in, and that is it. But as a man, if Lizzie comes to me with a problem, I want to fix it. Or if someone comes to me with a problem, I want to fix it. But actually, so often, all we need to do is listen. And that individual quite often some, sometimes sorts out their own problem. But you see, the one thing we lacked is that ability to listen. Why? Because there's something else. The football's on. Or, that was my challenge yesterday. The foot, or, oh, it's true, it's true. I was, and, and, um, and it's like, we've got this time. Time is such a gift. And, uh, yeah. So, our, our eye. So, so, yeah, so... Where am I here? For me, I believe God wants to be the driving force, that why in our lives. I dream of a day, I imagine a day, for both you and for me, when we, when we get up, whether you're an AM or a PM, whether you're a night owl or an early bird, you get up and you know why you're alive. Do you know why you're alive? That's, that's a challenge to me, because that, that, why, that would drive us. Jesus knew why he was alive. Jesus wants us to thrive. Perhaps, perhaps something, something has taken over. A project, a hobby, a game or a job. Perhaps you feel as if I've missed the mark. I've gone too far in one direction for God to have anything to do with me. So therefore, I'll come to, jo- I'll come to church, I'll, I'll, I'll tick the list of not committing adultery, of, of not having wrong thoughts, whatever it is. I'll, com- I'll tick the list of coming to church, of going to life team, of whatever it is for you, of ticking the list to make you feel alright. But God can't do anything with my life, I've gone too far. 
The cross was a load of rubbish then. This is not the case with God. I believe he is the only true and living God who wants to redeem, restore and set on fire and set you on fire for your purpose. Strong, that's a strong statement. But I thoroughly believe it and I've got evidence to back up my statement. Go to John 21. Ah, oh, this overwhelms me. So we've got Peter, who I said was a bit of the hotheads, the guy that was very bold and got himself in a bit of trouble. Um, and so Jesus has died. He's, he's, he's um, been raised from the dead. Are you all with me? Is it, yeah? So Jesus has died. He's um, been raised. He's raised, been raised from the dead. The tomb has been, the tomb is empty, he's appeared to Thomas, and then this time comes. Peter, meanwhile, Peter has denied Jesus. When Jesus got taken away to the Sanhedrin, the disciples dispersed, and um, Jesus, uh, uh, Peter, was um, round a fire with um, some other people, and um, he, he denies Jesus. People question him, like, oh, you, you've got the same accent as him. You must know him. You were with him. You were with him. They accused him. And Jesus has already prophesied and, and said, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And so Peter has denied him. And then Jesus dies. It's, it, Peter's obvious, Peter is wet, is, is wet. He's so upset at what he's done when he realises what he's done. And it comes to this moment. They've, um, they've, they've, so it's come to this moment after the resurrection and, um, and Jesus um, is, is, is um, sorry, wait a minute. Um, they've, been, they've been fishing all night. They've gone off and done their own thing. They've, Peter's um, been fishing with some others, the, some of the other disciples, and they've gone fishing. And they see, they didn't catch anything. They didn't catch anything at all. And then they see Jesus. Or they think they see Jesus. And Jesus is like, cast your nets on the other side. We've heard the story before. And I would just be like, shut up, shut up. (laughs) And, And it's amazing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realise it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, is it the Lord? As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, is it the Lord? Remember, he's he's, he's, he's denied Jesus. He hasn't seen Jesus since this. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, Is it the Lord? He wrapped up his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. He didn't even reply to John. He was so happy to see, see that it was Jesus. And jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, 
towing the net full of fish, for they were for they were not far from the shore. So it goes on to say, Jesus has done them a barbecue, and annoyingly, Jesus has already got some fish, I think. <laughs> What's he playing at? <laughs> so, it then goes on to verse 15. When they had finished eating, isn't this amazing? Just think of this. this take Peter out of the equation. This is you and Jesus, because I believe Jesus wants to reinstate you. Where you felt out of it, where you felt like God hasn't got a purpose for you, he wants to reinstate you this morning and use this as an affirming point. So it's Jesus and David, not just Jesus and Simon Peter. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. That's, Simon, that's, that's Peter's purpose. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said, the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, Do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. You see, even in the midst of Peter denying Jesus, he knew. He knows that although those actions hurt Jesus, sin hurts Jesus, but he knows your heart. He knows your heart. He sees the beginning from the end. And you know, I, love, I just love this story of, of, of Peter who's denied Jesus and then he wants to reinstate him and say, Peter, I've got a purpose for you. Your purpose is to feed my sheep. Peter, that's what's... Oh uh, yeah, it's amazing. Peter was to feed, nourish, teach, empower people to know God and preach the gospel. <laughs> You know, that was by God's, God's favour. That was by God's favour. For me, doing this today is by God's favour. You'd have seen me a five years ago, if not more, very nervous man, still am at times, doing a degree, getting married. Now that is favour. That is favour. Oh, my wife was the lady who'd done the welcome this morning. And I tell you, I am favoured. And you see, and you see, he believes in me, and he believes in you. And that's, he grants me favour because he believes in me. He doesn't just dish, you know, throw it out, he believes in me. And he believes in you. You have a favour, a grace appointed for your calling. You can't do what I can do, and I can't do what you can do. But together, we're powerful. We are power- That's why it's so important. This, this message this morning isn't just for the individual, it's for the group. We're together. Now, Jesus says also in, uh, in, 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 in the Mark, in the Mark um, story, encounter he has, he, says, he, he makes this big claim. Now, Jesus, he's going to have to have quite a big insurance company to... Uh, to back this up, Jesus replied, no one who has left 
homes or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Do I believe in the reward? Not in the sense of, well, everything's going to go swimmingly. Life's tough. Who agrees? Life's not easy. But do we recognise the reward? Do we recognise the reward? I'm so blessed to live where I live. I live by the seaside. I've got fresh air. I have enough money to have... have, This isn't just a state of thankfulness. This This is a reward. This is amazing. But then he gives me extra special things as well. We deserve, in some ways, we, we deserve nothing, but in other ways, we deserve, we deserve it because we've worked. A worker deserves their wages. And Jesus makes this claim. You know, the ultimate reward is eternal life. If everything else faded away, I'm more than happy of eternal life. <laughs> and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last. Mm. What does that mean? Sometimes we think, I suppose, the people in life who are first have got it all together. They know what they're doing. But they haven't. And we don't, you know, dwell on that one for yourselves. Here's one of the things... Ah, sorry, yeah. So for, for many of you, I feel it's time to dream again. It's time to dream again. I'm sorry this has been everywhere, you know, I've been here, there and everywhere. For many of you, I believe it's time to dream again. In Life Team, uh, in the last couple of months, we had a session where we journaled and we said it's time to dream again. And what do I mean by that? So, um, so I was feeling very hopeless about my family and hopelessness is a lie if anything's under hopelessness it's a complete lie because with Jesus there's every hope Ugh, I've lost it now before I had it ah. so there was a certain situation that triggered this and so I wrote this so I decided to dream again of a family this is my personal family not this family or it could be for this family as well actually I didn't think about that. So I decided to dream of a family where reconciliation takes place. Forgiveness is practiced and repentance happens. A family where everybody is celebrated and valued. Where members are protected by one another and weaknesses are covered. Where members are encouraged to express their gifts, not mocked. Where vulnerability is evident and issues and problems are faced together. Where the materialistic, where the matriarchs and patriarchs are honoured and are placed in their right positions. Where competition is replaced with encouragement. Believing the best and joy for one another's achievements are, celebra- are celebrated. Where resources, oh this is interesting, where resources are used to assist and help those around us and one another. And also for the nations of the world. Where you, Father, are honoured and glorified and have rightful standing and place in this family. God the, God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit are centre and head. You can do this with any part of your life. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Facebook, everything, yeah, yeah, as long as you like it, you know, release, release my bit of dopamine for the day. I'm joking, I'm joking. Read it again, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah, I'll, I'll read it again. So, yeah, this is, this is the dream. Uh, okay, I'll read it. This. So, I decided to dream of a family where reconciliation takes place. Forgiveness is practiced and repentance happens. A family where everybody is celebrated and valued. Where members are protected by one another and weaknesses are covered. Where members are encouraged to express their gifts, not mocked. Where vulnerability is evident and issues and problems are faced together. Where the the matriarchs and patriarchs are honoured and placed in their rightful positions. Where competition is replaced with encouragement, believing the best and joy for one another's achievements. Where resources are used to assist and help those around us and one another and also for the nations of the world. Where you, Father, Father, are honoured and glorified and have rightful standing and place in this family. God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit are centre and head. Amen. 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 Uh, yeah. So, and, and, the, and the scripture we can take from this is that the desire of the righteous ends only in good. This is a, a desire of mine. But the hope of the wicked only in wrath. God's going to punish the wicked. No, honestly, all the things that are being stolen from us, the the enemy is accountable to it. He's accountable to that. Oh, where did that come from? The desire of the righteous ends only in good. Your desire, this is a desire of ours, of mine, for my family and for this one. (laughs) So, uh, so yeah. Um, Oh, where was, oh, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know where I am now. There to dream. Yeah, so we can dream in our lives. And you can do this for your financial life, for your uh, spiritual life. What about daring to dream about how you encounter God on a daily basis? And you'll see that God will match it and take it further. He takes it further. You write something else and, um, and, and he'll take it further. So this is what I write. Okay, I'll read another one. This is for myself. So I decided to dream again of knowing how much I am forgiven and restored and redeemed. I dream of a day where I forgive both myself and others so quickly. I dream of a day where I cannot be quiet about how much I have been forgiven and God's love compels me to action. I dream of a day where I know how secure I am in, in his love for me. That's my main source of affirmation. You know, I spoke about affirmation, that my father's affirmation is above anything else, above my wife's, above anybody that my father, that I know that he is pleased with me, and I'll come to that in a moment, that my main source of affirmation comes from him, and from, and from there I live as a son that serves, not just a servant that craves attention, and never think, he, and never think he's good enough to enter the father's house. I pray that I will always be in awe of you, God, and your creation. So you can do that for yourself as well. Now, I have, a, I have, an, I have another dream. <laughs> But this, this, this is part of my reward, or what I believe is part of my reward. God dropped it in my heart one day. It's not necessarily associated to scripture, but here's one of the things that I'm living for, or I believe I will encounter 
as a result of my life. And maybe you could ask God, God, what's, when, I, when I die, you might, you might not want to think about that, but I do. <laughs> what's going to happen when I first meet you? What's going to happen? I call it the embrace. This is what I believe. I'm not, I'm not, it's not necessarily in scripture and you can take it and leave it. But this is what I believe. I believe when I come to the end of my days and I meet God, he's going to run towards me. Eyes fixed at mine. He's going, I can't see about my glass. He's going, he's going, and you see, this is, this is my why in some ways. This is why I'm alive. This is why, or this is actually motivation. This is why today's matters. He's going to be full of tears. Not, not just me, but him. He's going to be full of tears. Shouting, he's made it. He's made it. He will acknowledge. He will acknowledge I'm his son. He is pleased with me. Or I'm his daughter. He is pleased with me. Oh God. He will be so interested in me. He's so interested in me. And just, and just want to spend time with me. He won't be focusing on the next. Their time will come. So imagine it on judgment day. For instance, don't know the ins and outs of that. I haven't looked into it. But our works will be judged. He's going to take time with me and sit with me about what my work, what, what have I done? He's going to be so interested to hear about it. He'll, he already knows, but he's already he's interested for some reason. So he'll be so interested and just want to spend time with me. He won't be focusing on the next. Their time will come. His eyes of fire. I wonder if that rich man looked into Jesus' eyes of fire. His eyes of fire will burn all the fear, doubt, anxiety I've ever had. And he will say, come and share. I have many things to show you. He has many things to show you here on this earth, but also in heaven. Our perspective, well, I'm not, the amazing thing is I'm not, I, 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 I've merely passed through. I take my last breath. And that's not the last time I'm, I'm alive. And that's a hope, man. That is a hope. Nothing else offers that. Or if it does, it's a, it's a con. It's a fraud. It's an absolute fraud. We just got to convince them. Do we believe that God will reward us? For me, one of my deepest fears is that I will be abandoned. For different reasons. I will be left. I will be forgotten. And so sometimes I can live in a way that's very selfish because I think, well, no one cares. So I'm just going to get on with it. Do I, and, and I lose the perspective that God wants to reward me. I lose that perspective. God's rewards are so much, precious, are so much more precious than earthly ones it seems, it seems too, who knows it, who feels like this? It seems too long to wait for his reward. Now! But when they come, they're never late. They're always had at the right time for the right purpose. It's important to remember, it's important to remember as well, and Jesus does say this in Mark again. 
It says, we will fail to... I'll read it again. No one has, has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields along with persecutions. Now along with rewards, they do, do come with persecutions. Are we, are we ready to be persecuted? I don't look for it. Trust me, when pressure comes, I'm one of the first out the door. <laughs> are we prepared to be misunderstood to be uh, hated to be uh, looked at scornfully are we prepared to uh, be persecuted for what we believe I suppose one of the encouraging signs of persecution is that it brings many to faith that's what we're here for I, I don't wish it there's, there's the early church fathers, um, I'm going to say his name wrong, but it's like something like Arrhenus. He, he was going to be killed. And he said to his fellow believers, he wrote a letter, I think, along the line, said, don't pray for my release. I want to die for the Lord, because he knew the fruit it would bring. I'm not suggesting that it's important for us to just you know, be martyred. But it's a challenge, isn't it? Your life matters. Your life matters. And, and along with the reward does come persecutions. But, but with that perspective of, of, of focusing on God, it's worth it. Who would agree it's worth it? Actually, you, you, you don't even have to say, yes, you're here, so you agree. That's good. That's cool. Because you might doubt your yes, like I do. But you do believe it because you're here. So... How do we respond to this? I've thrown it all out there. How do we respond to this? Well, I, I, I'd love us. We're going to play a song in just a moment. And the song is, now you might think I'm setting you up for failure here. The chorus is, you can have it all, Lord. Every part of my world. Take this life and breathe. Take this life and breathe on this heart that is now yours. You may know the song. It's have it all. It's a Bethel song. Make this a prayer. Pastor Paul says we can only start from where we're at. can only start. Maybe you feel like everything is, uh, you're so confused. You don't know who God is. But you know there's something in this. Say, God, take my life. And, and you see, the thing is with God, he always keeps up his end of the bargain, even if we try and run away. He's faithful. That's, that's, what, that's his name. He's faithful and true. I remember when I was young and in uh, different Young at J twenty four seven and and um, and in the, and in other youth groups, I would pray things or I would turn up for things, and I was in a very ugly place. But the Lord honoured me because I listened, because I seeked to. I knew there was something in it, although my life didn't necessarily agree. So if you're in that place, listen to those words and then sing them. Make this a prayer. Declare it with everything you've got. Start to dream. Start to uh, imagine your life in a way that, that says, I'm living for God with everything I've got. So you can stand, you can sit, you can kneel. All I ask is that your heart is engaged with God because we, we should never take his presence for granted. Lord, forgive us when we do, but thank, thank you for your presence. Amen. Let's play that song and then we're done. Thank you, Lord.
Just stay in that place with God for a minute. If you just look at the screens at the front, you'll see a clock. And the seconds ticking by. This morning was, that was powerful, Dave. Very anointed. And I believe a word from God and that part you read out was very much for us, wasn't it? Um, But... That clock there, ticking away, this was just something, I was looking at a clock on the television last night before I went to bed and, and God spoke to me. And I think it fits really well. He gave it to me for this morning. It's like every second is gone. And I know this is a thing we think about sometimes, but it said 46 a minute ago. It's gone. And one day for all of us, our life on this earth, the clock will stop. We don't like to think about that very much. And David said, won't it be amazing when we go into heaven and God greets us. And I think that's what it's going to be like, Dave. But also, when your clock stops, what will you leave behind? Because we have what the enemy does... And what our flesh does is it robs us because we think fear stops us making the most of that minute or that hour or anxiety or we feel we don't belong or we decide we're not quite part of the clique or we're not intelligent enough or not very well. And God knows all of those things and he still chose us for this time on this earth in this place to be fruitful. Every single one of us. All different. All intensely valuable. Without measure. But together. Instead of every second just being gone. Every second will count. It doesn't turn us into workaholics. God calls us to rest and relaxation as well. And fun. But just when that clock stops for you. What will you leave behind? What will be the fruit that God has done through you that you leave? Because I think as a Christian, it's something that's very important to think about. Because the world doesn't really anymore. It's generally speaking, it's a no-no subject. But it's not for us. We're going to glory. It's going to be amazing. The day we die will be the best day of our lives. (laughs) We have nothing to fear. No worries. It's all grace. It's all mercy. We're going to be with Jesus. But also by grace and mercy, I want to leave behind minutes and seconds and hours and days that made a difference because I allowed God to work through me. And I didn't allow my fears and my anxieties and my doubts and my personality defects and everything else I can think up for to get in the way of that. Amen. Profound warning. 
Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.